Well, good afternoon, Faith Family Church. We just heard an amazing sermon from Pastor Kyle from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, titled, The Humble Christ. And I'm here today with the usual suspects, um, Andy Schmitz and Mike Workman, and we're just going to talk to a little bit about this sermon and how it impacted us and, and how it's going to uh, bless us this week. So the first question that I'm going to ask, I'm going to direct to you, Mike. Pastor Kyle said, unity includes the mind, emotion, and will, and that many of the gravest um, issues within the church come from within. And, and how does hearing this passage today that Kyle preached uh, within context, help you to strive for unity in the local body. Right. So that one always, that caught my attention at the very beginning because it, it focuses in a good way on where I'm at. And so I did my little checklist. Is where, where are my emotions? Am I the one that's um, doing the things to unify the church? Am I doing anything to cause disunity? Uh, um, so that, that caught my, obviously my attention at the, the, at the beginning, but when he moves in to this is the reason why, and he begins to list, you know, I'm not going to go, I think we'll cover this in a little bit, but Christ's humility in heaven, Christ's uh, humility on earth, Christ's humility in death. It puts a lot of things in perspective, doesn't it? It puts a lot of things in perspective of when, when I am a person who, who is involved or enjoys or whatever you want to say, disunity or causing harm to faith family, I've taken my eyes off my Savior, haven't right. I? When I focus on my Savior, when I focus on the, what He did for those that He, he chose, um, when I focus on that, I don't find myself getting tore up about the color of the carpet or what someone has done or, or, or something like that. I'm focused on my Christ. Right, right. What about you, Andy? Yeah, amen. I, I agree. He, when, when Pastor Kyle had mentioned we can be so conditioned to uh, constantly jockeying position and assessing, like, am I more significant than you and that and the other? More handsome than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It hit me in the feels because that's what we do at work. Like you're always trying to yeah. distinguish yourself. Right. You, uh, it's it's a competitive atmosphere. It's an up or out, get promoted or get kicked out. Um, and I could see how it's just very easy for me to transpose that mindset uh, to the local church. And of course, that's what Paul is discouraging here. He's discouraging this jockeying for position or trying to differentiate yourself to garner atten attention for vainglory, as the right. King Jimmy says. Um, and, and instead, and it, I, I'm really thankful that, uh, that Kyle said this, and I heard you amen it as well, uh, that um, ultimately what we need is not like a, a topic-specific sermon series on you know, professional development or marriage or finances. We, what we need is Christology, right. uh, which is more than just the study of Christ. It's, it's knowing Christ. That's what I need in the local church to, for this unity, which, of course, is Paul's intent here. He's not writing a systematic theology text. He's writing a letter to a local church to encourage their unity, and he's reminding them of the, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his person and work. And so for me, it's just so humbling uh, to, to be reminded, not that I need to have the, the mind of Christ, but I, I do have the mind of Christ, uh, is what Paul says in Philippians 2, the mind of Christ, which is yours in Christ Jesus. 
And then he goes into this wonderful uh, hymn or poem of how Christ condescended himself to serve people like me um, and that he is exalted and every name will praise him. Uh, how couldn't that encourage unity in the local church? How, how wouldn't that humble me to count other people more significant than myself? So if Jesus has led the way, then I want to follow him. That's the gift he's given yeah. me by the Spirit. Yeah, no, I mean, when you think about disunity within the church, Spurgeon once said, if I ever was to look for a perfect church, you know, once I did find it and then I joined that church, I would have to leave it because it would no longer be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he's, I think he said some lines like, however flawed the local church is, it is still the closest place to heaven here on earth. Yeah. And so the church should be otherworldly. Yes. It, it, should be not, it shouldn't be like the world. When you think about that competitive nature that we have in the workplace, we should not have that in the local church. And that unity starts by exalting our Savior and seeking to know him, to serve him, to praise him and glorify him collectively as a body. Yes, amen. Absolutely. Okay, next question, we'll start with, with, with you, Andy. And uh, the question is, how has recognizing the humility of Christ to include his incarnation, his betrayal, and his suffering help you to personally deal with your own pride and selfishness? That's a heavy question. It is. If I didn't have the Bible, I would think, who, who better to exalt in himself than, than Jesus? Like you think, who, who has more glory and majesty and dominion perfection. from everlasting yeah. and perfection from everlasting to everlasting? Uh, and, and here, we, we're, my, my presupposition is checked uh, when it says that Jesus didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's extremely surprising to me, I guess, if I could put it that way. Because, I mean, so yes, there are things that I have done that it's easy for me to be impressed by, uh, like, ooh, look at me kind of thing. But if Jesus, who is more worthy and completely perfect, I'm not perfect, uh, way more impressive than me, he still humbles himself. Not just in his condescension, but, but like what Kyle said. He's always been humble. Uh, that, that completely checks my proud attitude, which isn't to say I'm not a proud person. I still uh, am tempted by pride. I still commit the sin of pride. I am in daily need of God's grace. And one of the means of grace uh, is the preached word in the local church. And so I'm, I'm thankful for this morning that Kyle faithfully preached this text because it confronts me in my pride because Jesus in his perfection didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped but he came down and did the gospel work. Yeah, when you think about him being God, everything was created through him, and yet he humbled himself washing the disciples' feet. You know, I mean, just, just think about that. It's, just, it's really a, a pill for us all to swallow. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's an argument from greater to lesser. If yeah. Jesus did this, how could I not? Right, know? how could I not then serve the church in like capacity? Yeah. Okay. What about you, Mike? So, you know, Pride is what I deal with. That is the sin issue that Mike Workman wrestles with a lot. And uh, it's nothing to be proud of, <laughs> you know. Uh, the, the, somehow we're taught, I think maybe it men, I'm not saying women don't, but speaking from a man, man's point of view, we struggle, or I struggle with it, and I assume other men do too. I want to be proud of my accomplishments. I have my I, I love me wall at home. 
Um, and once again, sort of like you said in the first question, I can have a very uh, magnetic, I guess, draw to bring that into a church too. Right. If I teach, am I getting enough of these on the back? If, if I, you know, and so when I contemplate, starting from the beginning, the biological aspect of how Christ was born, just like me, the God of the universe, born in, a, in a, the way that all human beings are, uh, the way that he uh, ministered to other people. He never said, look at me, look at me. Right. It was always um, the, the act of being a servant. Uh, you know, you talked about washing uh, the disciples' feet. Uh, touching people who were unclean. That should do something to me. That should catch my attention and say, Mike, what are you doing with your pride? Because ultimately pride does what? It's trying to set myself above God, right? And and that should be the... I should run from that sin. I should hate that sin. That should be a sin in mind that makes me want to vomit. Because look at what my Christ did. Look what he did for me. And so that, once again, I ramble, but that's what it does is it focuses me, just not even focuses me, it drives the stake into look at who Jesus is, Mike. Quit looking at yourself because that's what I do. Amen. When you think about all of our sins that we committed before we came to Christ, oftentimes pride was before them. We steal because we think more highly of ourselves. We think that we deserve that more than somebody else. You know, uh, people commit adultery because they, they think that they deserve to have sex with somebody that's not their husband or wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, all these little things kind of come because of pride. We lie because we care more about ourselves and do about telling the truth to somebody else. So yeah. it, it's just it's an esteeming of self. It is, it is a cancer within ourselves that is pride. And as we come into the church now, you know, a lot of those outward sins go away. They right. should. Right. Uh, and then we begin to battle with that, that inward pride, that, that deep-seated pride that causes us, like you said, to look for that spotlight. And so it's, it's great to be, you know, aware of that in ourselves and, and to, to fight against it for the unity of the church and the glory of our Savior. Amen. And there's a relief to be able to confess him as Lord that goes along oh, with that goodness. wrestling yeah. with pride yeah. to me. No, no. Praise God for that. Okay, so this question is going to be for, for you, Mike. Um, Kyle mentioned that uh, Christ emptied himself not by subtraction, but by addition. Um, how does this paradox of, of Christ emptying himself and becoming human help to encourage you and your Christian walk? So there's a, I'm not the theology guy, so there's a lot of theology you, in you are that. A <laughs> that's you true, that's that. true. I'm <laughs> uh, not trained, let's say. But the, um, once again, and I guess, I guess I'm kind of repeating the same thing, but that's kind of where my mind is right now. Once again, I see the creator of the universe who took on this nasty human flesh who walked dirty hot roads who experienced the physical same physical sensations that we do that the bible said was tempted and yet overcame sin he was perfect and he 
I, I don't know the theology, but there is a reason that he did that so that he could experience uh, in a different way the human condition and be the perfect lamb of God, to be yep. that, offer that. Um, so th that's, a, that's a hard question for me, and it puts me in, in, a, in a thought process that I can't really articulate sometimes. I think you're doing great. But that is exactly, once again, the whole point today is I focused on my Christ. Yeah. I haven't done that apparently the way I should have all week. And so that's been a joy today that it was off me and it was on my Christ. Yeah, oh, it's very good. Amen. Andy. By, by the way, as you're struggling to artic articulate those things, I think you're being faithful. Because <laughs> yeah. um, these really are, like uh, Kyle said, it's, it's mount, one of the mountain yeah. peaks of Scripture. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a similar effect than, uh, than I experienced on deployment. We were on a really small post in Iraq. We didn't have a lot of civilian contractors that would do the work for us. And so we had to take some ownership of like keeping the, the base clean and that sort of thing. And when you know, you know, the rocks from a little hill would slide onto the hardball road, it was our battalion commander encouraged us to get a shovel and uh, shovel the rocks out of the road. And of course, no one did it. You know, um, like a lot of soldiers will walk past a piece of trash and not throw it away because it's, that's not my job, kind of thing. Uh, but regularly, we would see this battalion commander, the senior ranking guy on the post, without drawing attention to himself necessarily, just grabbing a shovel and he's doing it himself. Uh, or I'm, I'm, anyone in the military seen uh, senior leaders serving people in a food line. Right. It's humbling, right? And it stands out to us for a reason and it motivates uh, a similar kind of service to the same people that, that they're serving. And to kind of uh, circle back to what you were saying, Mike, as, as you're uh, articulating the significance of Christ's condescension for his namesake. And Kent, I'm sure you'll like this because it's from Hebrews, Hebrews 2.9. It says, But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Which is incredible because Jesus is crowned with glory and honor because of his suffering and death. So he would not have been crowned with that glory and honor in the same way had he not suffered and died. And so the, this is a way Jesus', uh, Jesus approach of doing the work of the cross uh, gets him glory and honor. And ultimately, that's how Philippians 2 ends, is it's not all, uh, just all the glory and honor to Jesus, but that everyone would praise to the glory of the Father. Mm -hmm. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Everyone's going to confess Jesus as Lord to the glory of God the Father, which contributes to the point that we were making earlier, that Jesus doesn't do it for himself, ultimately. He does it for the glory of his Father. Yeah. And so, yes, that, that's the effect that it has on me. It's primarily, it produces praise in me to God, right. uh, praise from me to God, and it, it humbles me that I want to now uh, condescend uh, to a much, less, uh, much lower degree uh, to serve the people that Jesus served. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, had he not taken upon himself human flesh and lived amongst us and then suffered and died on the cross, we would still be dead in our trespasses and sins. Amen. We would have no hope had it not been for him doing that in the resurrection. So in him doing so, he has basically flipped the fall on its head and the lie and deception of Satan, the death that came from that, mm -hmm. from the original sin of Adam, he's flipped it on its head and he... And he 
he resurrected to prove that his sacrifice was accepted before the Father and able to give us yeah. eternal life. And in that, man, I just take so much joy and hope. And uh, it, it, it's amazing knowing that this is not all that there is, you know, that he's gone to prepare Amen. a better place yeah. for us. Amen. Preach. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So last one. And uh, who, who did I leave off with last? Was it you or? Uh, you started with me. Okay. I'm going to give this one to you, Andy. Okay. How has this sermon blessed you, and what will you take with you this week? It's blessed me in a lot of ways. I really appreciate Pastor Kyle always being faithful to the text, to the author's intent. Mm, yes. Um, and I know for me, like, I love theology. I have a couple degrees in theology, and it's easy for me to get spun up in a vacuum discussing theology, but that's not what Philippians is. Philippians is a letter written by Spirit-inspired Paul to a local church in the first century, to and in this uh, part of the book in particular, to emphasize their unity. Right. And th everything that we talked about is glorious and true, and we should obey it to the effect that it fulfills Paul's intent, namely to encourage unity in the local church, to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. And I think we're blessed in Faith Family Church to have a lot of different kind of people, yeah. uh, different uh, socioeconomic status, statuses, different ethnicities, and there's just plenty of opportunity for division. Yeah. There is. Uh, not only according to those demographics, but we all, like, like we've talked about, have this temptation to pride and you know, yeah. self-distinctiveness. And it just makes me want to be that much more eager to humbly serve others, to set aside my preferences um, and my rights, not that I have any, and serve other people uh, from, from big things to, to little things, from I don't think that I, my, my conscience feels free to I don't need to wear a mask um, at, at every moment, but if I had a member of the local church say, hey, will you please wear a mask, it would ease my conscience. It's an easy yes for me. Right. And that that's not me naturally. That's me yep. supernaturally. Yep. God, God yep. has given that to me. Yep. Uh, I, it's easy for me to be oblivious to uh, concerns that uh, people have according to you know the, the racial tensions in, in the country. But if I had someone at, at Faith Family say, hey, this is a, a genuine concern I have about X, Y, and Z, I, I would be very quick to listen, which I wouldn't naturally be. Um, I'm, I'm naturally very dismissive of other people. But the Holy Spirit applying Philippians 2 this morning has made me want to be really attentive uh, to, to people who are different than me, um, who are in need, because I know that I've been in need, and Jesus condescended to save me. Um, he, he was risen, and uh, he's, he's coming again, and every tongue will confess. And that's, so the first application was I want to be uh, really tender with uh, other members of the church for the sake of unity. But then also, evangelistically, this hit me square in the nose when Kyle made very clear that every tongue whether believing or unbelieving now, will confess Jesus as Lord right. at his coming. And the reality of there is a coming judgment. And you, uh, people may be confessing Jesus as Lord too late. Mm -hmm. And the responsibility that I have to share the gospel with people so that they will repent of their sin and confess Jesus as Lord now so that they will be saved on that day right. um, and not under God's judgment. Uh, that... That's what the sermon did for me this morning is re-emphasizing the necessity of evangelism. 
good. Yeah, you know, what you just said kind of uh, made me think of the paradox of the church, how we are, even us, we're all from different areas. We have different likes. We have different favorite colors. We have different hobbies. We, uh, we have different political maybe views on things. But we are unified in Christ. And that is a, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing because there's nothing else that I know of in the world like that. So that should be something that's precious. And so for me, it is church unity is precious. And it's not at the expense of solid doctrine or anything like that. I never would say that. But it is okay for me to have an opinion and then uh, for, for someone else on some things to say, yeah, I'll be happy to do that. And then it may be contrary to what I would typically want to do or normally want to do. So that's one thing. Unity is important in our church. But the other thing is, is just sort of like Matthew's closing prayer, if you, if you uh, remember, he said, Lord, we would have more affection towards Jesus Christ. This was... I, I just have more affection for Jesus Christ after hearing this. And not only that, but also seeing areas that, as it typically does, that, Mike, you need to deal with some of these areas in your life. Pride. You've pushed it aside, but are you dealing with it? Are you letting, uh, are you focusing on Christ? Are you re- uprooting that sin in your life? So. No, you know, I'm glad that you made that comment about how, you know, unity uh, should never be, you know, you shouldn't compromise yeah, no. true doctrine over unity. And that's why I find this church just to be so, so tremendously helpful in the theological triage discussion that we, 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 we put on video there for people so you can be educated and learn in what areas do we unite, what are the primary doctrines, Christology is one of them, that we have to go ahead and ensure that we get right, and then what are the tier two that give us the distinctives of faith family, and then tier three, we can we can disagree. Yeah. We disagree on some tier three issues, and I still love you, brother. Oh, thank and you. Then, <laughs> that's and, a relief. <laughs> and, and, and that, that's absolutely okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I am just so thankful for this local body of Christ, for mm-hmm. Faith Family Church, so thankful for Pastor Kyle's faithfulness to exposit scriptures, to to preach using the authorial intent. It's been very, very edifying to me. And and Faith Family Church, I pray it has been for you as well, uh, and that you guys have an amazing week serving our Savior, bringing Him glory in your families, in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, and we look forward to getting you back here next Sunday for fellowship and education. God bless. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.